Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Roundtable. This is episode number 36. I am your host, Kenny, and joining me for today's podcast are my good friends Joe, Jenny, Kevin, Tom, and Tony. Today we're discussing the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a pretty long podcast. It's running a little over an hour, so I'm not going to say much here at the beginning. We had a great time discussing our favorites so let's jump on into our roundtable discussion on the MCU. All right, it's time for our roundtable. Today we're going to be discussing the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And joining me for today's roundtable, I have a whole bunch of friends. I have uh, Tom. Hello there. I have Jenny. Hey. Tony. Hello. Kevin. Good evening. And Joe. Excelsior. <laughs> there we go. Um, as I mentioned today, we're going to be discussing the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or MCU. Uh, this was, I don't know if it was the brainchild of uh, Kevin Fahey, or, uh, and there's also another person, uh, Avi mm-hmm. Arad, who both started this at Marvel Studios. And uh, Kevin supposedly came up with the idea of doing a shared universe with movies. So this was his brainchild. Uh, And this was obviously done in phases. Heck of an idea. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because it's never been done before. That's the great thing about it is that whoever thought of doing multiple single movies and then doing a group movie with all those characters together. Yeah. As I said, it came out in phases. I'm going to go over all the movies and there's quite a few of them. <laughs> so really quick here. Phase one was Iron Man in 2008, The Incredible Hulk in 2008, Iron Man 2 in 2010, Thor in 2011, Captain America First Avenger in 2011, Avengers in 2012. And then phase two was Iron Man 3 in 2013, Thor The Dark World in 2013, Captain America Winter Soldier in 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy 2014, Avengers Age of Ultron 2015, Ant-Man in 2015. Phase 3 was Captain America Civil War in 2016, Doctor Strange in 2016, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in 2017, Spider-Man Homecoming in 2017, Thor Ragnarok in 2017, Black Panther in 2018, Avengers Infinity War in 2018, Ant-Man the Wasp in 2018, Captain Marvel in 2019, Avengers Endgame in 2019, and Spider-Man Far From Home in 2019. Wow. Take a deep breath, Kenny. A lot of movies. Kenny Midlander, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. 23 movies (laughs) overall for the first three phases. And actually, they just moved on to phase four. Yeah, crazy. So... This is just the beginning. I found it interesting that Far From Home was being put as the last movie of Phase 3 and not yes. the first movie of Phase 4. Yeah, I thought the same I, thing. I, I agree. Yeah. Why do you it find that it, like a, it, felt like a, it felt like a new beginning. It felt yes. like... Yeah, yeah. It, it did, but it definitely did have that feel of a denouement. Like yeah. almost like mm. Lord of the Rings, where we had like twenty different endings. <laughs> I love that. Movie. Like, <laughs> it felt like, like it was I yet another twenty different. Endings. I do too. Look, Don't I do too. On the endings. <laughs> Not at all. I love that movie, but I'm just saying, like, they did have a lot of endings, but yes. you had a lot of characters. You had to wrap things up. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of felt that way about Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home. Uh, I might be in the minority here, where I kind of felt like, on the whole, Far From Home was it was a little bit, it was a little needless. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't it, it wasn't my favorite outing, uh, mm-hmm. especially after a good, strong, like two, three movies with this Tom Holland Spider-Man. I just thought that the uh, they wasted Jake Gyllenhaal as the the Mysterio character. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they had that scene in the bar that felt like a scene from the 60s Batman TV show where he just starts like outlining the motivations for everybody. Right, He's like, yeah. And you, Donna, you used to be Tony Stark's secretary right, and now was, you're mad at him. And that was hammy. Was like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take us off on that. But <laughs> well, I think it, this it, is this is how these podcasts work. <laughs> it might have been <laughs> tangents after tangents. I, yeah. I think they, uh, they no, settled into like a little uh, lighthearted answer to the to to the major thing. You know, when they ended with Ant Man Phase Two with Ant Man, you know, they were going mm-hmm. out on kind of a cleansing of the palate movie. 
I think. Fair. Yeah. 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 Plus, it was and ready. Like a feature length post credits. Sometimes it's scene. just ready, yeah. to, ready to be released, and why yeah. wait? Yeah, and I also think we haven't seen the last of Jake Gyllenhaal. I, I it's hope a not. Hunch. Yeah, I yeah. hope not. I don't think so. No, but I think you guys are right. The Avengers Endgame felt like a perfect button. Yeah. Before that, mm-hmm. you know, because I got rid of all the characters. You know, we probably won't see any of them back again other than Spider-Man and those characters because there's a whole new slew of I was I was going to write down all the movies that they're going to be making. But yeah, right. like, no. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it phase That's four. Like a the whole yeah. podcast yeah. will be a list. Yes. <laughs> another. Yeah. Another whole podcast. Um, but let's jump into some questions really quick. So I want to know, were you a Marvel fan before you actually saw the first movie, which would be Iron Man or was Iron Man your first movie that you saw? Jenny, I actually I was an X-Men fan, mm. but I hadn't dug into a lot of the other Marvel superheroes prior to Iron Man. Over the course of time, I don't know how this has always happened. I'm now married. I've been with my husband for 12 years. So for 12 years of this, I was with a Marvel fan because my husband's a huge Marvel fan. Mm. And then the person I was with prior to him also was. So it's like it's almost like I was living vicariously through my partners. Um, but it was really great resource because I often ask him like there'll be a minor character and he'll get all excited about it I was like okay who's that who are they who are they and like he's like this encyclopedia that I can tap into yeah so it's kind of a great because I think through his excitement I've gotten excited and I have since gotten more into Marvel you have a wiki husband yeah I have a wiki (laughs) husband I was gonna say that's like the geek equivalent of can you change my tire for me? Like, oh, you want to know about this Marvel character? <laughs> Where geeks can yeah. shine. Yes. <laughs> How about you, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I was a Marvel fan way back when. My first proper introduction was me and my brother found the Captain America and the Avengers arcade game, nice. and got full into that from there. And then mm-hmm. we had to um, dive into. There wasn't a ton of cartoons and movies at the time that were like good and then the first really big surge was of course the x-men animated series mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which yeah. kind of echoed the films in which the first big sort of um marvel film franchise was the x-men yeah, yeah. um and that was followed closely by the spider-man uh, cartoon which got even further into the Marvel Universe. There's also the Iron Man and Fantastic Four and Incredible Hulk cartoons that a lot of people um, forget about around the, the mid-90s, which we also devoured. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was an interesting time to get into the comics at the time because it was it was kind of a notorious period. I'm looking back on it. It was the period of like um, when Image Comics of... And it was the most successful financially but least quality controlled yeah. uh, where you had like um there was there was a period of, of the speculator market of when like the marketing department would have was exerting more control over the story ideas um which we saw in things like the clone saga with the spider-man um and of course it was also a point where we got into the um, the action figures um, with the x-men in particular mm-hmm. that was it was funny because when we went to the toy store, I guess we were still learning to read or something because we saw the title and was like, who's X-Man? It's like, oh, no, it's, it's, it's men. It's plural. Okay, sorry. But as far as the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, we had watched all of the Marvel movies in the theaters up to that point when they were off at other studios. You know, we saw the Spider-Man movies. We saw, like, Fantastic Four and Daredevil. And obviously it was it was a period of, of trying different things. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to Iron Man, this is, okay, now we're putting a new universe forward. Yeah. Uh, and it was exciting when, you know, Nick Fury first steps up and says, we're doing the Avengers. That's yeah. where this is going. Yeah. Very cool. How about you, Joe? Oh, yeah, I absolutely. <laughs> I'm like looking at this panel, like just now listening to Kevin talking about the cartoons. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I started with Spider-Man and his amazing friends in like the early 80s, yeah. the mm-hmm. old heart, the Hulk cartoon. Um, my first comic book that I bought on my own was Fantastic Four number 305 just because the Thing and the Torch were fighting each other. And I was like, what? Heroes <laughs> fighting each other. Uh, I mean, not that I didn't like DC. I liked DC Comics just fine. But I think even as a kid, I preferred Marvel. Uh, and 
it seems a little too mature for a child, but I I can't imagine what any other element it was other than the fact that there was a little bit more of a gray area going on with Marvel. And mm. because of that, it helped relate a little more with the characters. Like as a kid growing up, I was I was a total geek going to Catholic school in New York and like picked on by all the other kids. You know, we were kind of like me and my sister were the poor family that were going to this school that was like full of, you know, pretty well to do kids. Mm hmm. And so, uh, so we were made fun of a lot. I, it, it, I only had very few good friends when I first started going there. And comic books were kind of my refuge. And the ones that spoke to me the most were the Marvel comics, were those, those superheroes because of the complex backstories yeah. that made them, yeah. where DC at the time just seemed a little more simplistic. A lot of underdogs. Mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of underdogs, not so many grandiose figures yeah and and a sense of personal uh responsibility not to you know jump on the spider-man uh catchphrase too hard right. but yeah there, there was a little bit more of a personal stake you know they were fighting for themselves as well as yeah. what was around them their community mm -hmm. yeah how about you tom well you know um my sister and i we uh have been going through the basement and we've made a podcast out of it back through the basement and it's proving nice. to us exactly what were the things that we were really, really crazy about? Because we'll come across mm. a toy, and one of the hooks on our podcast is we'll occasionally cut to Christmas morning because our parents recorded Christmas mornings with um, cassettes. <laughs> so, nice. wow. yeah, it, it's really cool. So, one of the earliest ones we actually have uh, the recording of 1977. I was three years old, and I got a Robin doll to go with my. Batman doll, and, and we are thinking that maybe I got a Batman for my birthday in September. So that mm. by Christmas, you know, I wanted a Robin to go with him, and I got him. I go nuts, and so it that is proof that about as early as I can remember, I was actually a DC fan first <laughs> mm -hmm. because that was coming off of watching um, the Adam West Batman TV show, and mm -hmm. uh, I used to run around the house holding my doll he was my robin we'd pin a uh, a little towel to him and that was his cape and i would run around the house singing the actual theme song but my first marvel love was the incredible hulk mm. so i would say that with regard to tv it's got to be batman first but it became you know i absolutely fell in love with the hulk on tv yeah. my sister was afraid yeah. of him because she was younger so, but I loved him on TV. So I would say I was definitely a Marvel fan before. I didn't yeah. realize deep how deep the Marvel well went, though, because I, I was a DC yeah. kid. So yeah. when yeah. Iron Man came out, I was like, well, I'll give it a chance. I, I, I did not know Iron Man whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. But when I watched that, that movie is outstanding. And yeah. that, that, yeah. If you notice um, Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal, is yeah. very consistent. It deepens mm -hmm. as any role would. But mm -hmm. who he is in that movie is who he is throughout. He's so yeah. on point. And I've since studied Iron Man. I've since looked at the comics because of being interested and mm -hmm. realized that he just n absolutely nailed that character. Yeah, very cool. Tony, how about you? Uh, I, I was a, a Marvel fan before before Iron Man came out, most definitely. I was, well, when I was a very, very young child, my father introduced me to Superman, just, you know, I think for all the reasons that a father might, just, you know, truth, justice in the American way. And so I was always in Superman, and then I learned about Batman. Similarly, started watching those Adam West cartoons, the cartoons, the Adam West uh, television show was a big, big influence. But um, when I think about when I became a, a Marvel fan, I think for a birthday or, or something, when I was eight or nine years old, I got uh, a pack of Marvel Series 2 trading cards. Um, nice. And yeah. so I, uh, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed collecting things when, when I was a kid, figurines, all those, all those sorts of things. And I, I loved the, the, the pictures, like all the illustrations on all the cards. And yeah. uh, mm -hmm. also I found out there was a Series 1 of Marvel cards that came out before it. And so I, I dedicated myself to try to complete all these sets. And so uh, <laughs> where I'm from in, in, in Honolulu, there used to be a street where you could walk down and there were, you know, three or four comic book shops along the way. 
And uh, once every few months, uh, a friend of mine and I would, would go from shop to shop because they would sell singles of those cards, of, of Marvel cards. Nice. And trying yeah. to, you know, and um, wow. I, have a, I also have a pretty good memory. So I was always able to sort of flip through all the singles of the cards and remember if I had that card or if I didn't have the card. Right. Hmm. And, you know, those cards had fronts and backs. And on the backside, it had all the information about every yeah. single one of those characters and all the battles they got into and all that sort of stuff. And so, I, you know, it was, it was like fairy tales. It was, you know, it was very much like these were, these were my children's stories that this was my mythology almost, you know? Yeah. And uh, uh, so it kind of grew from there. And then right around the same time, of course, those cards were meant to, uh, you know, uh, push the comics and to sell the comic books themselves. And that was right around the time when the first uh, infinity gauntlet uh, series came out. And I remember uh, there was a day where we went to the comic book shop, on like a Monday and you could buy Infinity Gauntlet number two for $2.50 or whatever it was. And we went back on Friday and it was $12 and up wow. on the wall. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, economics became involved in this like, oh, these things have value beyond just like, you know, just beyond like me thinking that they're cool. And so it kind of progressed and, and grew from there and, and it was definitely like a Marvel became sort of like a you know like a core building block of, of my overall geekdom and of course we yeah. got the x-men uh cartoon on fox you know mm. and 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 also all the various uh early earlier works um you know like, like the, the 70s and 80s early spider-man cartoons like they were always just sort of there in like in, in the zeitgeist for me so i was i was very i was very very into marvel uh before the movies came out for sure cool yeah for me i was more like tom is that i was a dc person yeah i was superman mm -hmm. all the way wonder woman uh, the, the my first introduction to Marvel was actually the Incredible Hulk TV series yeah. back in the seventies. Yeah, because uh, my dad loved it, so I used to watch it. Yeah, my dad loved it too. Uh, yeah, so that's where I got my first introduction to uh, the Marvel universe. But again, it didn't catch me like the DC did. I was very into the more good, bad, no yeah. gray area right. kind mm -hmm. of characters. Yeah. And I remember seeing uh, X Men, the animated series. Yeah. And that, that was it for me. Once I saw X-Men, the animated series, I started getting all the comics for the X-Men huh? series. And you know how X-Men comic book series are. They like, they offshoot and there's like 15 different titles. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I started collecting them all. <laughs> and then they flipped the whole universe upside down. They changed all the titles and I collect all those. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I, yeah. I delved into it once I, once I saw the animated series. Uh, but yeah, but before, so I did know Marvel, but I still like Tom. Didn't know Iron Man. Didn't really know Thor. No. Didn't I? You know, I knew Captain America who he was, but I didn't know his details. I knew Thor um, from one. They did a a, a callback movie, like a reunion movie on the Hulk. Yeah, remember the that trial of the Incredible the, the Hulk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the return of the trial of or something like that. Oh no! What's the return? Actually, trial yeah. was Daredevil. He showed. Yeah, up that's Daredevil. right. Daredevil the trial was Daredevil, and they had a guy mm. play Thor in that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a costume. Wait, in that one, didn't they have like a separate, there was a separate guy who had the hammer and he would summon Thor yeah. and then yeah, Thor was someone else right. entirely. A guy found the hammer yeah. and then he could summon Thor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is it here. This is the movie. The Incredible Hulk <laughs> Returns. That's awesome. And here's Thor. Oh, the wow. guy who played Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. I must have seen it when I was a kid. I have no memory of it though. This came with a little... A little, By the way, for our listeners, he's showing comic book type yeah. thing. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. For those of you people. at home. For those of you at home. <laughs> Tom, which one did you prefer? That Thor or um, uh, what's his name that was in Adventures in Babysitting? Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> oh, that's right. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. <laughs> what a great movie that was that, Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. That yeah. Nobody and gets out of here without really... singing the blues. <laughs> without singing the blues. <laughs> yeah. Tony was really having me go back to because when you were talking about the trading cards, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. X Men Series Two mm -hmm. trading cards, mm -hmm. I was so into those. <laughs> I still have them. I have them I still, all in a binder. I still have all mine. All yeah. yeah, those yep. were the best. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. Series Two the one where every nine yeah, yeah. created one yes. bigger yes. picture? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's super right. Cool. Yeah, yeah. those were yeah. cool. Yeah, are those the pages nine up? too. Yeah. Are the pages yeah. nine up so that they show in your yep. in your book? Yep. Yeah. And I yeah. have them all. I have the binder. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we're all collectors, too. Yeah. What? Really? That's yes. crazy. Not just yeah. fans, but collectors. A little Shocking. bit. Just like Benicio Del Toro. Ooh. Right. <laughs> yes. 
Nice tie-in. Good job. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next question. We'll have to go into our own vault. <laughs> this, this, this one, I think it'll be hard. I don't know. Maybe for some of you, it's a piece of cake. For me, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time figuring out mm. yeah. what your favorite MCU Marvel movie <gasps> is. Agony. Anyone want to go first? I go, Anyone know? I can go first. Tony, this was Tony, very, very Tony. easy for me, actually. Uh, I, I, I love all of them, actually, except for Thor: The Dark World, and I'm okay with that one. That being Amen. said, that being said, <laughs> um, Guardians of the Galaxy, the original yeah. Guardians mm. of the Galaxy movie, is my favorite uh, uh, Marvel yep. movie, um, and it's because of all of the titles that had come up, come out up until that point, it had the least amount of expectations for it. And also, mm. uh, it was one of the lesser-known titles. And when I first yes. heard that they were doing that as a movie, I was very, very excited because that's the doorway into the cosmic, uh, you know, right. yep. into the power cosmic yep. as it was. And I was very, very excited for that. But you know, then when I saw the movie, and the thing that put it over the top for me was the soundtrack. <laughs> it's got the, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I got, yeah sorry, I got for the orb Tom, for you, Tom Tony. Has the orb? <laughs> I love with one of the I love that we have to keep narrating like these things that Tom keeps pulling out. Well, this is I what videotape. These. This is what back through the basement's all about. You know, we find the thing and then we have to describe it to the listeners. <laughs> half awesome. the fun I'm calling an infinity gauntlet yes. appearance yes. here in just a few minutes <laughs> exactly. oh, you don't have I wanted to get one gem. the one I wanted to get is like $250 the, the gauntlet Whoa. that I found but yeah. wow. what's the this one's the power stone right that's the power stone yeah, yeah. yeah. so the purple one purple one yeah. and the tesseract comes in the other in the big guy in the little yes, centibite box I see the okay. tesseract as well nice yep but yes Tony Here's your orb for you, buddy. Uh, mahalo, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who wants to go next? Who has a favorite? Uh, I can go. Okay. Um, it was Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, until Black Panther came out. Uh, oh, it's and, such a good movie. And then it was Black Panther because it was just, and it was so beautiful to see diversity, more diversity in, in mm-hmm. MCU, and yeah. just how it was so beautifully weaved into the into the universe as a whole you know just just everything about it the look the feel you could tell that the team working on it went to great detail mm-hmm. you know there there are amazing stories about how like when they were working on the soundtrack they actually oh, went to africa to uh-huh. study the music there and they actually met these tribal musicians that were so amazing that they're they actually like oh no you're coming to la and you're going to be oh. we're going to record you yeah. i didn't know that yeah. story yes yeah. yeah so and i guess there and a lot of it was like improvised they just let the they they would like show them scenes and describe what was going on and then let them oh. kind of react to it and i guess mm-hmm. there was this one musician that they were it was a lot of like grunts and groans but then this one guy it was the fight scene between killmonger and black panther and this one guy just starts screaming killmonger killmonger (laughs) and at first they were like whoa what's happening but it ends up in the soundtrack because it it was coming from such a pure place wow yeah and killmonger is such a probably i think my favorite marvel villain and only after that movie like that i realized dang that guy is Mm -hmm. great villain yeah yeah but could you call him a villain? I, I don't think you can. I mean, I, I, I don't again, think he got the raw end of the deal. He sure did. He's an antagonist you know? without being a villain. Yeah, and that's what I liked about him yeah. the most, yeah. is that he wasn't a bad man. He was just the circumstances and, you know. And he had what, principles that yeah. he stuck yes. to, to the very end. To the very Absolutely. end, yes. Yeah. 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 It's it's how well they nailed that character, um, particularly a character who even – even uh, diehard fans weren't overly familiar with that made me confident that when we eventually see MCU Magneto, that's going to be fire. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Hmm. Uh, How about Joe? Um, Okay. So honorable mentions, obviously to guardians, one black Mm -hmm. Panther and also Thor Ragnarok. One of the things that Marvel, one of the things that the MCU has done brilliantly is taken in just to kind of, talk a little bit about guardians for a second even though it's not my pick uh because i'm i like to gab uh what i think the mcu has done brilliantly is taken characters that even though they they brought to life the characters you know they took care like obscure like guardians of the galaxy when they announced that movie i was like 
no one's going to care about Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Like casual comic book fans don't care about Guardians right. of the Galaxy. Like it's the real hardcore people that dig it. And they made these characters so widely accessible mm. and relatable yeah. and like just nailing it time after Black Panther. Comic book fans were like, eh, Black Panther. And then to make this film that ended up becoming a beacon yeah. uh, for, for cultural diversity and is and and it just blows the mind. Like mm-hmm. what it's nominated for best picture. It's yes. so much. Yeah. Absolutely. It stands for something so much bigger than what it was meant to be in the first place. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Yeah. That said, this was a super hard question for me to answer. Like, did I go with the culmination of a decade of work and give it to infinity gauntlet and Endgame is kind of one piece. I couldn't do that. Uh, strictly speaking as the most polished and most satisfying of the films for me mm-hmm. I had to go with Captain America Winter Soldier oh, yeah um, that was mine. I was yeah. another yeah. one that I was grappling it's, with it's the first superhero movie that I ever saw that transcended the superhero genre and just ended up being one of the best spy thrillers mm-hmm. that I'd ever seen to that point. Like, it's just, it is a solid film, like just uh, what soup to nuts is what they soup say to nuts, uh, yep. like it's it's just it's it is firing on all cylinders and it never peters out. It never you never get Captain America fatigue in the middle of that movie. Mm-hmm. It is just topping itself moment after moment and you're getting the best from everybody that's involved. They threw Robert Redford yeah. in this thing and he's given 110%. I think the only thing I can criticize about that movie is that you have holograms of people sitting and you have chairs mm-hmm where they're supposed to be and i'm like what <laughs> this is just ridiculous uh but no other than that that I, I think that movie is very close to being a a perfect superhero and spy film hmm, very cool yeah that was that was my choice now they gotta come up with something else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry Kenny, you can have the same favorite as other people no i can't speak speak as well as joe did about hey, it so hey kenny do this when you're editing it put your answer first there we go that's oh. what I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> kenny's like when you um, when you go out to eat with kenny's like he can't get what you got no 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 i, I gotta get something no, no no it has to be different <laughs> different i'm the same way I'm the oh same. you got the ravioli <laughs> uh, Kevin, how about you? Uh, yeah, for my answer, I am going to go with Captain America's Civil War yeah. because I consider it to be the very much the defining chapter of the MCU, one where all these threads converge. We are sort of seeing the continuation of what we saw in the previous Avengers movies. We're also introducing Black Panther and and uh, Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, and giving them sort of sort of a, a mini arcs and also continuing with characters like Scarlet Witch and Vision and deepening their relationship and just having all of these spinning plates, mm-hmm. even you know, things like Spider-Man, which was added on very late in the game once they got the rights and they still managed to keep an incredible uh, balance there. And also what we see the Avengers go through in Infinity War and Endgame very much starts here it's it's kind of this middle chapter and also feels like an amazing uh, culmination of everything we've seen before yeah. that very much justifies the idea of doing a shared universe of movies yeah um, more so than probably even age of ultron does yeah very I love good how answer. the, the, the conflict between tony and steve in civil yeah. war comes to that boiling point at the beginning of Endgame. you know yeah. we we mm-hmm. They they never miss a chance, and I, I think that's mostly Russo brothers and their attention to the detail. Yeah, mm-hmm. How thorough. they they are constantly planting the seeds yeah. and then harvesting the fruit later yeah. on is just brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the brilliance Tom. of the entire MCU. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite, Tom? Well, my goodness, you guys have been given great answers. Um, first of all, my buddy Damien Poitier, I went to high school with him, is in. Uh, Civil War. He plays a hero merc. But uh, yeah. Damien, the diehard fans is gonna are going to know that Damien is the first person to portray Thanos in the post-credit yes. sequence. Okay. Mm. Yes, he was wow. the first Thanos. Yeah. So he's going to be on um, he's going to be on my comedy album next year, Tom Antonella's Geek Reference. <laughs> you guys actually, cool. I think, are the first people beyond my family to know and beyond the co-stars to know that that, that album is coming. Oh, so that, leaking. Yes, it's leaked, officially <laughs> leaked on, on Geek Round Table, which is a and perfect then, place. <laughs> but uh, funny, yeah. I have a connection to Damien, too. So oh, do you? Super yeah. funny. Yeah. He's the best. He's wonderful. Yeah, he's and, great. 
he's he plays uh we get together we play exaggerated versions of ourselves and he uh <laughs> he uh advises me on what chicks i should go after <laughs> it's a great piece um so yeah civil war is tremendous i think you know i i sat long and hard with this and i i, I wanted to do a joke i want to be like uh ant-man and the wasp you know just like uh, seemingly <laughs> an obvious non-choice um i like ant-man and the wasp but I, I don't say, think anyone think, would say minute. that would be. <laughs> there are too many great ones for that one to be your True. choice. So I think I'm going to go with the Avengers. Yeah. The first I mean, time. The very first time. That yeah. They, yeah. they tie up, you know, tie up these disparate ribbons into a bow and give you that as a fan, that satisfying moment. Um, you know, I said earlier how much I love Iron Man and I almost went with that, too. It's 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 a per, it's a really tight movie, mm -hmm. um, and I have a real high standard for what I would call a, a perfect film. I have forty four of them, forty four perfect films wow. in my experience. Oof. None of the and, <laughs> you sounded like Peter Falk from Princess Bride. <laughs> there were forty four perfect we films. Forty four. <laughs> uh, just one more, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, in this book. none of the MCU are on the list, but if two were to get close, I think they would be Iron Man and Avengers. They are just, yeah. a lot of the later films are only as exciting as they are because of how much is culminating. Mm -hmm. uh, Black Panther gets close. I, I could, I could see myself maybe adding Black Panther. That is a truly wonderful movie. All you guys gave such great answers, but I, I think if I if I want to give something different and I don't want to eat the ravioli that you're all eating, um, <laughs> I, I'll go with the Avengers. All right, good job. Nice. Yep. Now I have to go laugh. I don't know why I was. Kenny, you laugh. tortured yourself. That's the worst part. <laughs> the host. Well, you should have gone the, first. I, I should. Initially, I wanted to say Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh boy. Because I I love that. That's a movie yeah. I can just put on mm -hmm. and let it play in the background yeah. all day loop yeah. it or if i watch it on and it comes on on tv i'll just uh, that's it um, whatever i was doing i'm not doing anymore yeah. i'm now sitting in front of my couch watching guardians love mm -hmm. that movie mm -hmm. um but then i was thinking oh i really loved winter soldier yeah because that movie to me changed that whole universe yeah, yeah. When Hydra was exposed, I mean, it not only changed that universe, it changed my favorite TV series, which was right. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. Right. as well. So it had this rippling effect yeah. throughout that universe. And I thought that was such an amazing thing that they did. What a choice. That they flipped everything upside down. Yep. So that was that was my second choice. But I think, just to be different, and this is definitely one of my favorite <laughs> movies... I'm going to do Doctor Strange. Yeah, nice. Um, that was on my top list, too. Nothing yeah. about Doctor Strange. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Didn't know who the character was. Didn't know really anything about it. So when I sat there and watched the movie, and I love Benedict. Regard, you know, he's Sherlock oh, yeah. to me. He's, But just to see that story unfold of this man who was very self-centered and arrogant and just learn to find out who he is. Does he bring in stuff again? Yes, sorry. I'm like, what's coming? I'm watching the videos. Sherlock. Oh, yes. He, he just mentioned something and Tom goes into his, attic or his basement. I can't believe that I'm trotting out, out the toys with Kenny Mitleider. This is like, it's like doing an acting scene with Tom Hanks. I mean, nobody has more of a collection than Kenny Mitleider. I feel like a... I feel like I'm a novice in a world of experts here. But yeah, now That's this is my funny. my Benedict Cumberbatch figure. Nice. Yes. Nice. So yeah, so definitely Gar uh, uh, Doctor Strange, I think, would be after Guardians of the Galaxy and then Winter Soldier. After well, everybody something, stole something your stuff. I, I would like to point out with Guardians of the Galaxy being as I was probably the least immersed in Marvel before the movie started coming out. Mm -hmm. I was mostly excited about Guardians of the Galaxy because I was a huge fan of James Gunn. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Fantastic. Loved his work prior to that. And I was like, wait, they're going to let him play in this sandbox? Oh, Man. now I'm oh, yeah. really interested. And yeah. he changed the tone Absolutely. Of, uh, of what was going on. Like, it's mm -hmm. because of him and what he set forward in Guardians is why they went, you know what? 
we can actually make a Thor movie that's fun. Yeah. Hey, let's get this Taika Waititi guy and be like, hey, hey see yes. what they did with Guardians? Do this. Yeah. And it was it, it made it okay to make situations funny and dire at the same time, that yeah. there was a way to balance it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I think they were realizing by that time, I can't remember Kenny's list from the beginning of the show, but <laughs> maybe it was Civil War. No, no, no. Uh, maybe it was Winter Soldier where they mm-hmm. started to say, what genre is the movie yes. going to be? Mm-hmm. You yes. know, because what absolutely. you had <clears throat> with Winter Soldier, as you pointed out, one of you pointed out so perfectly was that it's a spy movie. And then you have Guardians of the Galaxy, which is, in, in my opinion, kind of a road movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got uh, like Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is kind of like a kid's movie, like um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was, yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you have uh, Thor Ragnarok, which is a straight-up comedy, which is really kind of cool because I think the Star Trek um, film franchise did that. Mm-hmm. Part you know two and three and four five six they're all different genres. Mm-hmm. They're not even I yeah. mean they're sci-fi but you know um, they're four is a straight up comedy yeah. six is a mystery I mean they're they're different genres. Yeah. The alien yeah. films are different genres, and I I I really like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it doesn't get repetitive, right? It's always something different, you know. Sure. Even though the theme is the same, it's all superhero, right? Well, and and that is saying something when you think of a lot of the first, like the first in the franchise, like your first Iron Man, your first Ant Man, Black Panther even does this, where it kind of follows that same formula, where at the end the bad guy's going to have the same thing the good guy has, but the good <laughs> guy's going to have to use the weaker prototype, and it's going to be the person that's inside that's going to make the difference, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. And the thing, the thing about that is, it would have been stale. If the journey itself in each of those individual stories wasn't what you were really enjoying, it didn't matter how it ended up, how the the climax came down. It was Mm -hmm. that journey that that character was going on made the difference. And that's what separated it from like the 20 million Spider-Man origins that we've seen uh, in films. It could have it could have gone that way so easily, but they were careful enough not to let it, which is so special to me. Yeah. Well, when the Andrew did remind me, um, the Andrew Garfield, they rebooted his origin again. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I kept asking. That's when I began asking myself, when are we going to have to, you know, why can't if we're going to reboot, why do we have to reboot the origin again? Why do we yeah. have to keep that, seeing the which origin? Is- which is brilliant about the MCU handling yeah. Spider-Man. Yes. It's almost like they're actively, like every time someone even comes close to talking about it, someone cuts them off <laughs> and they're right. like, no, 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 I don't care about that. I love like, it. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 I think that with, with Amazing Spider-Man, the, the e- most easily avoidable mistake they made was going back to the origin because the Sam Raimi yeah. films did the origin so well. Yeah. Yes. And like Andrew Garfield was 28 when he was cast. <laughs> so it's like, okay, we're doing... I wouldn't mind a soft reboot here. Just let Peter be an adult yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. Go from there. Or just, that way we can just hit the ground running. Like there's in, in Amazing Spider-Man 2, when like we all we fade in with him, you know, I'm falling, I'm down onto I'm in New York with his his cool new costume. Like imagine if Amazing just started right. there. Yeah. Totally. With like he's already Spider-Man and he's doing his thing and you know, yeah. you, know you know the story. This yeah. The movie made a billion dollars. Do it sure. if you need it, and some big wig complains. Do a three-minute flashback somewhere through. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or, or a little uh, freaking sequence. It, Kenny can edit it. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what they did in in the Incredible Hulk. Exactly. Was you know that that was five years after the Ang Lee movie, and that movie was not only being an origin, it was itself kind of a slog. So having to go through the origin again just so we can build a foundation. It's like, I think people kind of get the idea of what the Hulk is. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just get to the real story. He gets mad. He turns green. Bruce on the run. Exactly. Bruce on the run trying to right. elude right. Um, Ross's troops and trying to keep the monster down. Yeah, didn't they do so, it in the opening credits? Little... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Put the whole origin yeah. there and you know, use kind of the, and like borrow some of the imagery from the old TV right. show, which a lot of people were obviously familiar yeah. with. Yeah. So That's it's like, okay, right. let's they get did. to the actual, um, the fugitive part, which is the one that everybody yes. likes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good point, Kevin. All right. Well, we thought picking our movie would be hard. Oh, no. How about a favorite character <laughs> in the MCU? Oh. I know. One character. 
has to be one? <laughs> no, of course not. Oh, well, then let me <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> we're, we're all totally going to be like, well, I like this character. And character too, uh, but if I had to pick. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go first, and mine is Captain America. Yeah. So, Good job, Captain Kenny. Captain America is my ultimate favorite because I always felt like Captain America. So mm-hmm. I, I was, I was always, I'm always tiny. I'm only five three. Uh, <laughs> oh. Luckily for me, I'm burly, so I'm I have big chest and I do have muscles now. <laughs> so, uh, but I remember, you know, being scrawny and picked on and and having a heart of gold and just wanting to be the best you can be. Yeah. Even though you know he was tough as nails, even though he was tiny yeah you know yeah. He, he could go all day <laughs> was his favorite you know his favorite thing he said fighting yeah mm-hmm. um now I, I mean i love chris evans as well so i thought his portrayal of of captain america was fantastic yeah. for some reason that character just sticks out he's probably my yeah he is my favorite mcu character good answer i was trying to even think i don't even know if anyone comes close to being my second favorite so, I mean, that definitely, for me, it was clear cut. When I wrote this question, I knew exactly who I was going to say. Um, just because that's, he, he's the epitome of being a superhero to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about him. So, how about you, Tom? I think it's an interesting question, who's your favorite character in the MCU? Because I think I might answer it one way if I restrict myself to the true word in your question, character. As opposed mm. to my favorite characterization. Um, oh. You know, so yeah. I, I think that I'm going to answer it this way. My favorite characterization, and it's, I mentioned earlier, you know, it's not a character that I knew very well, is Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. So this is not a character I grew up with, not at all a character. I, I walked into that movie, saw it in the theater. I walked into that movie literally knowing nothing. I chose to know nothing. And I just watched this guy whose career I had followed watch this actor, this absolute master, deliver not only a rhythm and a cadence that I fell in love with instantly, there's the speed at which he speaks, and Gwyneth Paltrow's answering that speed is just awesome. Anytime they're together, I just love it. And um, he was flawed, which I loved, you know, growing up on the Christopher Reeve Superman is, you know, that's on the 44 perfect film list. Mm-hmm. I love that characterization. Um, I mean, I would I would call that characterization beautiful. It's so beautiful um, in both one and two, Superman one and two, just the best characterization of that icon. So here you're seeing this flawed man, totally screwed a man, and loving him instantly. And he's an asshole, and, you know, you can bleep that. Sorry. <laughs> he's a jerk. Uh, he's uh, a mess. He's got all his priorities in the wrong places. And then you see that wonderful heart of gold emerge. So I think I could go with that one. Cool. All right. How about you, Kevin? As a longtime comics reader, I think I've always had a soft spot for the Vision. Uh, he's, he's a character who... Mm-hmm. Uh, very much came out of the shared universe. Like his story is part of the story of the Avengers. And uh, seeing him, while the journey to get there is really hard to pull off, uh, it was amazing when he first emerges from, you know, from the uh, the cradle. And it's like, yeah, that's the vision. That's how he is Mm -hmm. in the comics with Mm -hmm. as this, you know, Christmas colored Android Superman who talks like Spock. And just like <laughs> he's got, all, he's got a really fun uh, power set, and you got um, Paul Bettany. Who it's interesting how when they cast him as Jarvis, they weren't necessarily planning on making him the Vision, but he's such a great fit for the Vision. Oh, that's oh, like, yeah, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's go all the way. Let's turn Jarvis into Vision. Mm-hmm. And it's and I'm very much looking forward yeah. to since you know he had the <laughs> the big tragic death in Infinity War that they're going to find a a convoluted way to bring him back that is very much in keeping with the tone of the classic comics that he often appeared in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Jenny? My favorite character in the MCU is Loki. Mm. Nice. Mm. That's a good Just one. So nice. fun. And I mean, I love anti-heroes and like 
you know, we've been talking about this kind of difference between DC and Marvel that Marvel is a lot more shades of gray. And I think nobody kind of (laughs) envisions that more than Loki. Mm -hmm. Um, And that how even movie to movie, it's like, wait, is he a bad guy? Am I supposed to like him? I'm so confused. (laughs) Um, But also, you know, with Tom's point, I think a lot of that was the characterization that Tom Hiddleston put into the character. And I believe I read somewhere that Loki was supposed to be a straight up villain until he was cast because he was just like, people just love that character so much that they're like, well, we, we just can't make him bad. It's just not. He had that. Yeah. He had that Alan Rickman from Die Hard kind of thing going for him <laughs> where he was just that, a villain that was so captivating that you just didn't want to see him go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. they almost made a joke out of it. Right. This mm-hmm. is like, Oh, Loki's dead. And you're like, really? <laughs> is he the- Probably not. Yeah. I think we're still kind of feeling like, well, it keeps saying. He's okay, but I'm waiting to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine Marvel fans grinding their axes, like, but is he dead? I don't think you can leave him that way. I don't right? think you can do him that way. <laughs> Let's talk about Loki for a second. That's funny. So I'm excited yeah. for his series. He's gonna. Get I'm very own. excited yeah. for his yeah. series. Yeah, so, yeah. Because yeah. I am interested to see again if it's another one of those Loki switcheroos or this is a backstory or like there's yeah. a lot of ways they could go. Yeah. With it. We know yeah. nothing mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And speaking to yeah. Kevin's um, interested in WandaVision as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we get sooner. Yeah. That's coming first, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Comes That's out in January. coming soon. Yep. Uh, Tony. Uh, I've been going back and forth in my head on this and um, uh, similarly to you, Kenny, I, I, I'm a big fan of Dr. Strange. I, I got to be like looking mm-hmm. back on it all. Um, I, I think Dr. Strange is, he, he's not the most well-known of all the Marvel superheroes that we, that we have seen. Um, but Benedict Cumberbatch just did an excellent job with it. And I think in terms of just fully, I think realizing like the power that he has, like throughout the, well, you get a really good glimpse of that in infinity war when it's just him fighting Thanos. And he's pretty much, going toe to toe on his own for as long as he possibly can sprouting all the arms. And, and just that was, yeah. I think the coolest fight scene in my opinion in, in, in the MCU was, was Dr. Strange versus versus Thanos. And so just overall, the other thing about Dr. Strange too, is to me, he represents somebody who um, he starts off as, as, as a world-class surgeon and then he's, you know, something happens to him and his life is completely shattered. And then he's forced to learn a completely different discipline and he does so, mm-hmm. and he doesn't just do so, but he comes, he becomes as good, if not better, uh, you know, than than uh, uh, than Tilda Swinton's character. And um, it just knowing with the idea that a person can have like a personal renaissance, and going forward, just seeing just how badass he could become in Infinity War, uh, mm-hmm. and then put that all together with how good Benedict Cumberbatch was, and just how I mean, he's just really great to, to see in, in television shows and, and movies in general. It just, yeah. that entire package just, just came together for me. So yeah, Dr. Strange. Very cool. And wrapping us up, Joe. Well, I mean, obviously I'm going to go with Howard the Duck. Um, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, no, you know what? Special, special honors, honorable mention to Howard the Duck. Uh, also Captain America growing up. I was a big Captain America fan. Uh, I also want to give a little nod of the hat to, uh, to, Ant-Man, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because that movie came out the mm-hmm. same day my daughter was born, so I have a special oh, soft wow. spot yeah. for that movie. Yeah. And Paul Rudd's amazing. Yeah, Paul Rudd's so good. Along the same lines as Ant-Man, and this is where I get to kind of cheat a little bit, uh, is that Hawkeye is who I'm ultimately going to go with. Wow. I thought about going with Hawkeye, actually. Wow. Hawkeye, because in he brings to this whole thing this element of like humanity yeah. humor and humility to this band of demigods that are about to like go and embark on this mission through time and space this dude has lost his family he doesn't have super like he the, the best thing about age of ultron is that speech he has with wanda where he just mm-hmm. talks about like hey man i don't have these powers like you just got to do what you can to keep up and try to do right and that's what he does and he has there's so much heart and so much spirit that goes into what they do with him, especially at the end. Like I get, I'm getting choked up thinking about the scene with him and Scarlett Johansson as they fight 
to find out who's going to sacrifice themselves so that way they they can finish the like i heard that they had filmed the whole big fight scene where like thanos forces were supposed to show up and then they fight them off or whatever i've seen it oh i'm so glad they didn't put that in the movie because that is one of the one of the strongest emotional beats that they put into endgame is that that relationship between hawkeye and black widow and jeremy renner just giving it giving it giving it when she Mm -hmm. finds him and he's ronin on the streets of japan like there's so much that he is encapsulating and i am not really the biggest fan of his like as an actor i'm not the biggest fan of jeremy renner but what he brings to Endgame and the Marvel Universe as a whole is just something very special to me. And for him to have this emotional heft and weight that that at least I connect to through the series of all these movies, yeah. uh, I think is amazing. And that's why he stands out to me just kind of as my favorite character. Um, and another honorable mention to Happy Hogan, who gives oh, me that yes. last bit of like mm-hmm. tear yeah. at the end of Endgame mm-hmm. when he tells Morgan, I'll get you all the cheeseburgers oh, you want. Oh, please. Oh, you're going to kill me. Oh. I'm just like, stop it, man. Okay, can you just stop? Uh, so there you go. I gave you five different characters when you honestly just asked for one. Let me do my Seth Green as Howard the Duck. What do you let him lick you like that for? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right, we're almost done here. I got one more question, and we're going to do a round robin, and we'll go as quickly as possible. All right. Speed round. Okay, yeah. Let, get the get the verbose <laughs> one out of the way first. Speed round. So, so the question is, what character would you like to see brought in to the live action Marvel universe? Joe. Okay, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this book, Next Wave: Agents of Hate. Um, <laughs> it is absolutely brilliant. It's so wickedly funny. It's this group of superheroes, and they're kind of in this like organization like shield but it's hate led by this guy named dirk anger like nick fury dirk anger who's just it's so funny and they've already kind of set it up because monica rambeau who's captain marvel in next wave is in the captain marvel movie so all they have to do is introduce a couple of these other characters and boom you have next wave (laughs) all right how about you kevin Uh, let's see here Uh, i've been making my way through a lot of the old X-Men comics the last couple of years. And of course there's a lot of characters that those movies mm-hmm. haven't gotten around to yet, but I, I am interested in some that the previous films already tackled. Like for example, uh, Sabretooth, because that's a character who was played by two different actors. And in every way that matters, it's two mm-hmm. different characters and no effort was made to like reconcile those two uh, performances. So this this real sense of commitment that the MCU has while the X movies have kind of spent 20 years just trying things. Um, I'm interested in seeing like, okay, now that we're, now that our trial period is done and I'd like to see these characters really mm-hmm. get their defining um, portrayals out. And I think Sabre is a great example of that, of this real, um, real like unrepentant killer um, who also has like a real, Real, I'm um, a twisted sense of humor. Um, I love to see, I love to see that one done in a more effective way, and have him, you know, recur and actually have maybe a little bit of a journey there. Cool, Tom. Well, I had to check my shirt real quick to see if she's on my shirt, <laughs> but I don't think she is. Maybe this is her. I can't see upside down, and I think this might be in the works. Uh, she Hulk. Yes. Oh yes. yes, yeah, they're doing a TV series yep. for She Hulk. Yes, so I'm I'm looking yep. forward to She Hulk, and if. If I have to pick somebody that, you know, totally hasn't been in anything, is there not a spider woman? There is a spider woman. Yeah. There's a couple of different spider women. So I'd like to see kind of like what they're doing with, um, I don't know if if you saw it there. They're developing that, aren't they? I think Olivia Wilde is just announced to direct it. Really? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I think so. Oh, okay, Mm -hmm. great. Um, Cool. Your wish has been granted. There's there's a scene (laughs) in the end of uh, Endgame where every female hero happens oh, to yeah. be coming yeah. over a hill in that moment. What what a cool moment that was. It just felt yeah. like it felt like the filmmakers saying to all the female fans, hang out, we're gonna have a you know yeah we could very well have a team up like this sometime. Yeah. You know, if we could get our act cool. together as yeah. as a as a uh, industry, mm-hmm. this is something yeah. you could see. 
And, I yeah. think and then it, COVID-19 went and ruined the premiere of Black Widow. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, actually, I, I should have thought of a better one. <laughs> okay. I never give you all one, but going back to the X-Men, it's definitely uh, Mr. Sinister. Okay. He's, he's kind of the most prominent villain who hasn't made it on the screen yet. Uh, they've teased him a couple of times mm-hmm. in, in, I think, like X-Men, Apocalypse, and also in, in the New the Mutants. Mutants. Yeah. But he's a, he is such a bizarre character in terms of his look that it's, it's hard to present him in the world that the X-Men movies have established yeah. and not seem as ridiculous as like Apocalypse, for instance. But he is like the way he was done on the cartoon. He was so creepy and so menacing. And if we're looking to make make uh, Cyclops, for example, a much more prominent character, he's kind of Cyclops' arch nemesis. Mm. So he gives him this whole uh, journey as sort of the twisted parental figure in his backstory. And then the guy who wants to like harvest his powers in the present and also do um, uh, mess up things with the other mutants. Yeah. Yeah, that's a character the potential both as a one-off but mostly as like an overall yeah we're gonna need one now we're gonna need a real big heavy (laughs) yeah cool how about you tony uh well i there there are two ips from marvel that i would very very much like to see uh put out there uh into the live action uh first and foremost kind of unconventional choice but in the mid 90s they did a 2099 series where um essentially we got a a bunch of characters who were sort of recast in the future, but there was one, only one of the 2099 characters um, actually was the real version of the character that got sent to the future, and that was Dr. Doom. And I would very, very much like to see uh, Doom 2099 as sort of a standalone movie. And I feel like it could very much, you could get into the background of who Dr. Doom is and make him sort of semi-sympathetic. And then, you know, by the end of the movie, he could come back into the normal timeline, and then you could use that to set up Latveria versus Wakanda as a as a big as a big conflict. Mm-hmm. That would be really really fun. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So yeah. the other thing I really want to see, and we're going to get this, is Adam Warlock and hopefully the Silver Surfer. Mm. But honestly, give me Doom twenty ninety nine. That's what I want to mm. see. Nice. Jenny. <laughs> okay. This might sound crazy, but go with me. Uh, I would like to see Blade. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> The new Blade. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. I we're mean, the Blade movies, now that I'm thinking back on it, those were some of my favorite, especially one. Blade, when Blade came out in the theaters, I was working at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I watched that opening scene yeah. probably eight gazillion times. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. And, yeah, there's no reason not to bring him, bring him in. Also, I would like to see, I highly doubt this is going to happen, but they are talking about now bringing in the X-Men. I would like to see them yes. retcon how they're going to bring X-Men Quicksilver into this world because <laughs> I'm sorry, Quicksilver in the MCU, I, sorry, that's one of my favorite characters and boy, they did not treat him good. I was so upset. You mean the human shield? Yeah, right. Is that right? what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh. oh, the anger. Well, luckily, there's a reality stone. They can just go, and eh. Yeah, right. There you go. I heard they were thinking about a Mahershala Ali blade. Oh, that's yeah. good. He'd be good. That, that would be, be good. great. That would Playing be blade, good. Yeah. yeah. He'd be good. Yeah. He is going to be a good blade. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, w- I would go with, I mean, I loved X-Men, so I would love to see the X-Men. Yes. I know they're bringing it into the MCU. Uh, just their version of it, but like Gambit. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the other one amazing. I wanted yeah. to say, but I am I have more to say about yeah. Gambit at another time. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. So I would love to see a Gambit, yeah. Gambit brought into the MCU. He, sorry, another awesome. thing that they did so poorly when they tried to bring him into Wolverine, that weird oh, Wolverine God. movie. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> no, I deny that this happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah, the I, best way to go. I think everybody did that. <laughs> So, all right, guys, I think that's it. So uh, thank you again. I want to thank Tom, Jenny, Joe, Kevin, and Tony for talking MCU. Before we go, I want to make sure we uh, promote you guys because a lot of you guys do things outside of my podcast here. So uh, let's go ahead and start with Tom. Give me, you know, if you anything you want to share, your websites, you know, all this stuff will also be sent to me, so I'll have it in our show notes. So you don't need to get a pen and write all this down. But go ahead and, and tell me what you want to uh, promote. Well, once again, Kenny, 
it's such a pleasure to be with you again after so many, 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 many years. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I'm very grateful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Um, my last name is Antonellis, A-N-T-O-N-E-L-L-I-S, half Anton like Susan Anton from Cannibal Run, half <laughs> Ellis like Ellis Island. And um, you can pop on to Instagram, at Tom Antonellis, Twitter, at Tom underscore Antonellis. Uh, like me on Facebook, and we would love it. My sister Julie and I, J-U-L-E-E, Antonellis, we'd love it if you would follow us and listen, subscribe, rate, review, share, uh, Back Through the Basement podcast, which is available everywhere. Podcasts are streamed, and uh, we get to go through our toys in our basement and crack wise and do funny impressions and crack each other up and... You get to hear swear words, which you can't hear on the Geek Roundtable <laughs> podcast. So check them out on Back right. Basement. Awesome. How about you, Joe? Uh, all right. Yeah, uh, my name is Joe uh, Antonellis. Listen to me on the Going Through the Attic podcast. Um, <laughs> I do have a, a couple of podcasts. Yeah, exactly. A couple of – I just break into people's houses and go through their stuff in their attic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a couple of podcasts you could check out if you feel like it. If you don't think that you got tired of uh, listening to me ramble already here, uh, there's the Editing Bay podcast where my uh, my podcast partners Joel and Tess and I we talk about movies, sometimes bad, sometimes good. We just break things down and talk about maybe how we would have done it better. Uh, and then there's also a video game podcast that we do called the 16-Bit Gladiators. Uh, you can find those wherever fine podcasts are found because apparently they let us on there too. Um, <laughs> I also do some uh, some voiceover work. Uh, most recently, you can hear me in a show called Id Invaded uh, through Funimation. Uh, it's kind of a uh, how to describe it. It's it's like that movie The Cell with uh, Jennifer Lopez, but Ooh. also Bones. And you know, it's this <laughs> mystery uh, crime thriller. And uh, I play one of the main lab techs that's trying to help our hero solve the crime. Again, that's called Id Invaded. Um, and yeah, other than that, if you want to watch me try to kill the predator on ghost recon, <laughs> check me out on Twitch. It's a next wave show. Uh, and that's it. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you so much. All of you. Thank you. Like this has just been a blast. And I thought last time he let me do this was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> and he let you, me come back think again. I would learn, but and, uh, <laughs> and it's a... so nice to see Jenny came out of the upside down. She's back. <laughs> that's right. She's back. <laughs> How about uh, Kevin? Uh, yes, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at K-E-V-R-U-Z-Z. I also host a podcast with my brother, the Evil Clones Podcast, which you can find on iTunes and Spotify and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. And check out our website, Evil Clone Productions, where we post uh, fan videos and our Batman episode reviews, uh, which are very fun. And uh, yeah, and uh, thank you so much. Uh, to Kenny, I've been uh, itching to get on. Uh, he's been trying. I think he's been trying for, longer than uh, Tom. No. Quite some time, yeah. I think wow. Tom has been longer, but uh, <laughs> Kevin's been trying. I'm glad. Uh, what's funny is that when I put the announcements out there, I get. Uh, I'm very happy to say I get like nine to ten people who want to join me, and so I do random, and I just do random. I add number, you know, all your names with numbers, and I just randomly roll a die or you know do the computer thing and these are the people who get it and unfortunately doug who is kevin's brother also wanted to be on it <laughs> he didn't make the cut but i was like oh <laughs> so bad <laughs> i felt mm -hmm. so bad but anyways play uh, math yeah maybe next time because i'm like i said i'm gonna continue to do these you know so until i can get all you guys back together so enjoyable, in a room um, makes you realize just how how broad geekdom is oh yeah you know yeah, yeah, it's yeah. amazing just, how many that you can do I, I, I think it. you'll hit the bottom and you just keep going. It's yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, Tony, how about you with your stuff? Yeah, no. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Anthony Nagatani. That's at A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-N-A-G-A-T-A-N-I. Um, I also uh, uh, edit and uh, co-host a podcast called The Model Majority Podcast, which you can find on Spotify and all ev everywhere you can get a podcast these days. Uh, that's uh, about politics, culture, and life through uh, a couple of Asian-American Pacific Islander, uh, a former political operatives. And so we, we talk politics and, and, and do some good interviews there too. So you can follow that at Model Majority P. So Kenny, thanks so much for having us on. Of course. And Jenny, last hey but not guys. least. 
Bring us home. Uh, I'm Jenny Powell. It's J-E-N-N-I-P-O-W-E-L-L. I'm that on pretty much all social media. This is the current podcast I do. I don't have any others, uh, but I teach about them at the New York Film Academy, yep. where I've been teaching for about six years now. And prior to that, I co-hosted... Knights of the Guilds with Kenny. Yep. If anyone wants to go back in the vault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you're a fan of the Guild, definitely check out Knights of the Guild. We had a lot of fun that. We both worked on the series, so it was was a great behind the scenes. Where we met. Yep, yep. Many, many, many years ago. So uh, we kept to a reasonable one-hour episode. (laughs) We did. (laughs) We only doubled the amount of time I wanted. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) All right. Thank you again, guys. I really appreciate you uh, stopping by and chatting all things Marvel. So we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. As you heard, we had an amazing time chatting. This was a fun group to have a roundtable with. And hopefully we'll have them back again to discuss future roundtables. So once again, I'd like to thank my friends Joe, Ginny, Kevin, Tom, and Tony for joining me. And of course, my amazing listeners for coming back each month and joining our roundtable. So until next time, guys, take care. I'm Tom, sheltering at home in L.A. I'm Julie, sheltering in the home we both grew up in in Boston. And together, we're We're going going back through through the the basement. basement. Mom and Dad want us to go through <laughs> all of our toys and belongings. I think Mom and Dad are taking advantage of the pandemic. <laughs> what the f*** is that guy? It's called a wuzzle. Mom, crazy! So laugh. <laughs> that thing is so <laughs> Get emotional. <laughs> I have a f***ing mess over here. And discover what we find... And what we keep. Which will probably be everything, Jules. (laughs) I know, right? Thank you to Kenny Mitleider and everyone around the Geek Roundtable. Thank you to all their listeners. From us in the basement, we want you to know you are all keeps. Definite keeps. That was a scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the newcomers podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the newcomer's podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. The Geek Roundtable Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives Works 3.0 United States License All Rights Reserved.